Congratulations, Paxton, on graduation. Our prayer request for you is safe transition. When James is talking about faith in this passage, he is very clear. Last week we talked about a dead faith versus a living faith. There's only two kinds of faith. A faith that isn't in, of Christ and one that is. There's a faith that believes there's a God but doesn't act on it like the demons have. And there's a faith that believes in Jesus Christ and produces work out of that faith. Works do not create faith. Faith that is living always has works. There is such a thing as acts of division in churches. We talked about that last week. We talked about the diluted faith where folks didn't understand uh, over the years the difference between the two kinds of faith. Even I used to talk about a dying faith. There is no such thing as a dying faith. It's either a dead faith or a living faith. And we talked about empty works where our works don't come from faith. And then acts of division in the church where they don't produce God's fruit. That kind of dead faith is not helpful. But James goes on a little further now in this passage. And I don't know about you, but I like using sarcasm. Sooner or later, someone will probably try and take my life for being sarcastic at the wrong time to the wrong person. I hope it doesn't happen anytime soon. Um, But James uses sarcasm in this passage. And, and, And it's not subtle. It's very, very clear. And and when he talks, he says, Some will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And uh, it does not parallel with the two statements. Showing faith by works and works showing faith are not the same Concept said backward, okay, and and here's why. Because if you have faith without works, you don't have faith. You have dead faith instead of a living faith. All faith in Christ produces works. The works do not produce the faith. Also, you cannot say, I'm going to have my works and prove my faith. Therefore, I have faith because I have works. Because true works come from a living faith. Now, you might say, well, how is that not the same? And I'll tell you, and it's it's really simple. Because there are two kinds of faith here. If someone has faith but no works, they have the one kind, which is dead faith. 
the demonic faith that the demons believe in God. All people believe in something. But if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you have a dead faith, which means you have no works. But if you say, um, I have faith, but no works, that's called a problem with our doctrine, our personal understanding of God and faith. Because you can say, I believe and I really love Jesus and I have all this faith in Jesus and do nothing, you're deluded. Because faith in Christ is an active thing. Faith, as we learned last week, when it's living, is a verb. The kind of faith that believes like, I believe the sun is shining right now, or I believe tonight we're having a Christmas program. That kind of faith is a noun. It's an actual physical type faith. The kind of faith that is a living faith puts itself in a Christ that you cannot see. A God who you cannot prove, but you know exists by faith. And we'll get to that when we talk about Abraham here at the end of the chapter. Or in verse 21, excuse me. And so, if you say you have faith, and I have works, do you understand that works doesn't show faith? You can be good all day long, but it doesn't make you righteous. They must go together to be a living faith. You can't have one without the other and have a living faith. You can have works without faith. It's a dead faith. You can have faith without the works. It's a dead faith. But if you have works with faith, it's a living faith. But the works come after the faith. You are not righteous by what you do and never will be. That's why James says, I will show you my faith by what I do. And you have to proclaim your faith because if you believe there is a God, you're no better than demons You're no better than Satan. Satan read the book. He's read the Bible more times than we have. He's probably memorized it so he can use it against you. But I'm trying to tell you is he knows the plan of salvation. He knows that Jesus Christ existed. He knows that Jesus died on a cross. And He knows that He resurrected from the grave. He knows that He's Emmanuel God with us. And He knows that He's coming in final victory. But Satan doesn't do good works. It's a dead faith. The demons also believe those things. And they have a dead faith. So you can believe all that stuff, but not have a faith of Christ where it becomes real to you. When it becomes no longer a belief, but comes alive inside of you, and you begin to live the faith. Not say you have it, 
live it. And that's the difference that James is talking about. The demons believe everything the Scripture says about Jesus and know He exists. And they tremble in fear because they read the back of the book where they get wiped out. There is no salvation for dead faith. Living faith has salvation. And so you have to watch yourself and not say, I believe, but do nothing for the kingdom of God. Amen. That's a sign you have dead faith. Your faith in Christ will well up in you to love. And love loves. It acts. It does stuff. It gives gifts to children who otherwise would not have them. We don't do that to show God we love Him. We do that because we do love Him. And we want others to know God's love. We don't send shoeboxes to kids we'll never meet so they'll think good of us. We do that because we love God and we want to love others who we may never meet. And that comes out of the faith. Not so we will have faith, but because we do. Now there are people who do that and say, yeah, I, I do shoeboxes, I don't need toys, but I, you know, I don't know if I believe in this God stuff or not. That's a dead faith. And those works are what are called empty works. They don't merit you favor and never will. Our works in faith never merit us any favor with God. They just show Him that we are similar in nature. If you believe in one God, it's not a task just for a believer in Christ. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That... A lot of people believe in one God. I'm going to make it real simple. Hindus have one God. Islamics have one God. Shintoists have one God. The Buddhists understand one Creator. None of them believe Jesus is the way to salvation. Dead faith. Yes, they believe in a God and they have works. But it's not works based on the faith of Christ. It's based on obligation and responsibility. They are required. And they do not want to disappoint. They do it out of fear rather than love. Now, James goes on and says, Do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without Works is dead. Oh, by the way, verse 19. I love this verse. This is the sarcastic verse. This is where he says, You believe there is one God. Oh, you do well. You're up there with the demons. And, but they tremble about it. And if you don't believe in God and tremble because you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you ain't got God figured out yet. Because if you don't have a relationship with God, you need to be trembling a little bit. 
Because His Son will be alive in you and you will know. So anyway, He says, Foolish man, faith without works is dead. I'll show you how. Abraham our father justified, was not he justified by works when he offered his Isaac, his son, on the altar. Now this word justified is different than made righteous. It's the word uh, for vindicated. Do you know what I mean by that? It means it verifies something. It vindicates a truth. It's not a, a um, vindictive thing. It's a, an assurance thing. Abraham was justified when he offered his Isaac's son on the altar because his faith was working. Now you say, but wait a minute. That's when God gave him the promise and through him I'll make you a great nation. No, it's not. That's Genesis 20, 21, 22 area. In Genesis 12, He tells them to leave her of the Chaldeans and go to a place of which I will show you which you know not of. And Abraham goes. And because he trusted God, it was credited him through that faith as righteous. Before the law. Before Christ. He trusted God and acted on that trust and left everything he knew to a nation and land he knew nothing of and lived as a nomad because he trusted God. That was credited as faith because he believed God would make him a nation. When he sacrificed Isaac and prepared to do that, when he was ready to go up to Mount Moriah, he said to the people with him, although at the time they had wooden fire, but no sacrifice. He said, My son and I are going to worship and we will come back. But God had just told him to sacrifice his son. But he knew that God promised the blessing through his son. So he knew that God could do that. And he obediently followed God because he trusted God beyond visual and worldly understanding. In other words, we'd say, well, if I'm going to kill my son, how am I going to get the blessing you promised God? You're just confusing me. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read that Abraham reckoned God could raise his son from the dead. Or otherwise, provide a way because God made the promise. And God doesn't fail. Do you believe that kind of God? Do you live in that kind of faith? Or is it, I just don't know if God can do this or not. That's not a living faith. It's a questioning faith. Now, I'm not saying doubting your faith in Christ. I'm saying a faith that doesn't believe God can even do that. And won't. Questioning God's ability. So Abraham was not justified by giving Isaac on the altar by having righteousness by that, by his works. He was already righteous when he did the work. Do you see that? He was accounted as righteous in Romans 4. It says, when God called him and he went from his home. That's when he was called a friend of God and righteous. You can read that in Genesis as well. So Abraham, righteous 
years later, has a son. The son of the promise. The seed. The seed through which God's own son will come. And he said, sacrifice that seed. Because you're a man of faith. And the man of faith in works obediently did. That's living faith. That's not questioning. It's just doing it. Regardless of the sense of it. Because God said. His faith was working together with His work. And by that work, His faith was made perfect. That's the verse 22. Now that word perfect doesn't mean like without flaw. It doesn't, it, it more like complete. There's two halves. But you have to have the first half before you can have the second half. The living faith in God that you'll do whatever, whenever. And the second half is actually having to do it in circumstances that may not be easy. Much like our church, we are called to do things and one of the things we're working on is a proposal for um, a grant to finish our court out here for the three-on-three tournament. But part of that grant is to actually have the tournament done so other churches can see what we've done. If we get the grant, we got to do it. <laughs> we had an opportunity before to get a grant to do it, but we didn't have to prove anything. God says, if you're going to really do this, and you're going to put it forth, you've got to do this. And you've got to follow through on this, and you've got to do the work. And I'm excited about that. Because God has put it in a way where we can have something beautiful out there if we just trust Him and do the work. Listen, we trust Him and do the work. In James's terms, trust Him and do the works. Faith works. Works don't faith. Faith works. Some way to say that. But this word that made it complete means mature, full grown. The word there is one of my favorite words in all Scripture. It's teleos. And teleos is the same root word that Jesus said when He died on the cross when He said, Tetelestai, which is, it is finished. The work is completed. Jesus completed a work on the cross for our salvation. That work was done for us. That was Jesus' work. He did that. Now, we're looking at Abraham offered Isaac to complete his work of faith in obedience to God to show that his faith was teleos or mature or true. And here's a better way to say that. As strong and healthy to the level at which it could be. If you've ever watched someone go through school, they start at a younger grade and they get promoted at the end of the year if they're not 
held back. If they're held back, they didn't complete the work. Because they didn't believe the work was necessary to go forward. But once their works are completed, they're promoted to the next grade level up. From first to second grade. They're not promoted from first to twelfth. Because they've done the work, as it says, of a first grader. And they're eligible now to learn to do the works of a second grader. They have to learn the second, third, fourth, all the way up through eleventh. Those works to be eligible to be promoted to a 12th grader. Abraham did the works of faith that said he was mature in it. He had grown up in faith. Now, shall we say he wasn't perfect and his faith may have been mature, but Abraham still had the capability to lie and deceive. But this is not what we're talking about is his character. We're talking about his trusting God did not waver. What he did not trust was man's character. And why would he? Because it changes. And it's unpredictable. So, it says in verse 23 then, Scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. That accountedness is the justification or accrediting or the vindication of the requirements for righteousness is the belief. And at that point, he was called the friend of God. That's verse 23. Now, you say, well, I'm not Abraham. No, you're not. Only one Abraham. You're not supposed to be Abraham. You're supposed to be you with the measure of faith God gives you and put it to use in trusting Jesus with it and following God and being obedient. So he says in verse 24, You see then, a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Because to have faith without the works, it can't vindicate it. It can't verify it. Now, here's where it gets fun. I hope I can say this. In verse 25 is where I think it hits the rubber uh, the road. Rubber hits the road for us. Because we are not Abraham. But I want you to hear the story that he says in verse 25. Rahab the harlot, the prostitute, was justified by works. She was not a Hebrew. She was not an Israelite. But it says she was justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. But listen to why she was justified by works. Vindicated. 
because she had faith in God. And this is what she said to the spies. We are afraid of your God. Our God does nothing. Your God is the God. And I believe in your God. And I wish that if I help you, that you will let my family live and that I might serve your God. And they agreed to it. Now get this. You look at the lineage of Jesus Christ and who is in there? The harlot, Rahab. She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ too. And she had nothing to do with the covenant. She believed in God and acted on it as if she belonged to Him and wanted to be a part of who He was because she knew nothing else worked. Because she believed in many gods, but they were all futile. She received the messengers and sent them another way. And when the walls of Jericho fell, everyone was destroyed but Rahab and her family. This one woman. And you're going, well, wait a minute. How can a prostitute be in the line of God's son? All are under the same condemnation of sin. We're all in the same boat. Do you not understand? And you're going, well, she must have been a special kind of prostitute. No, that's funny. No, there's no special kind of prostitute. She is a prostitute. Well, maybe she didn't really prostitute. She did. She was a harlot. Well known. Owned a hotel in Jericho. Uh-huh. Call it what you want. Rahab run it. And she run it as a prostitute. So do you understand? Someone who the world would see is no way God can use her. No way can she be a lineage of God's son. No way. But she's an example that we don't have to have a pedigree to be in the family. We have to have faith. Do you get that? Pedigree, lineage, None of it matters without faith. And you'll know if you have faith because you are working that faith out in your daily life. Verse 26 now makes sense. For as the body without the Spirit is dead, so faith without works is a dead faith too. Pretty simply stated, that's bottom line stuff. If you don't have your spirit in your body or the Holy Spirit in you, you are not alive. You're just surviving. I want to explain the difference for you. And I think this will help. And I'm going to make this illustration a way to pull us into what we're talking about. Imagine, if you will, a person who's trying to do all the right things, but not out of faith. 
just out of their own abilities to make God love them, to please others and help others because it's the right thing to do. And throughout their whole life, they're trying to do all these things, but they don't have a living faith. According to Scripture, that person is surviving. They're in survival mode. They're not living. I don't know how to say that real clear other than to say this. If you don't walk with Jesus daily, you're surviving. If He's not your number one and your relationship with God number one in all that you do, you're surviving, but you're not living. Because the Spirit of God isn't quickening you. And if the Spirit of God isn't quickening you, it's because there's no faith to quicken. And what quicken does means to make alive, to do stuff. You're doing God work when He makes you alive. Until then, you're doing you work. But faith works. Works don't faith. I think that is clear now. So this morning, I simply want to challenge you in this way. To look over your life. If you have a heart to love others and to love them more and more every day because God has loved you when you were just like Rahab. Oh, I'll go further. You were just like Abraham when he didn't know God in Ur and his father had hundreds of gods. Do you know that story? Abraham was with his father and he had many, many gods, wooden ones, in his house. And Abraham was fed up. And so one day, while his dad was out of the house, he smashed all the gods but one. And his dad came back and he said, What have you done, Abram? That was his name at the time, Abram. And he said, I didn't do anything. He said, well, all these gods are smashed, but that one. And he said, yeah, I saw it, Dad. That one did it. Did you get it? Did you get this deceit he has? He's lying as a kid. Who's that? This guy. We're just like him. Full of deceit and treachery. And so you don't have to be like Rahab the prostitute if you don't want to associate yourself in that category. You're still in it. But go, go back to Abraham then. Father of the faith. Or you can go to the pioneer and the finisher and the author and the perfecter, quote unquote, from Hebrews chapter 12. Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of the faith. He showed us how. So, what I'm trying to say is, look over your life and see if you have a joy for love in others. And a joy for thanking God every day. And a joy at a new day each time you get one. Rather than sitting there and going, God, I I hate life. Um, But I believe in you. And I believe your son loves me. And, and yet nothing changes. Would you rather not have an infusion of the Holy Spirit that quickens your faith so you have this joy inside that makes you get out and do stuff? Makes you want to? Wouldn't you rather have that? 
You can tell the difference between someone who's happy, loving others, and someone who's not. There's a joy there. And Jesus said it like this. I've come to bring you life. To make you alive is what He really meant. To quicken you with my Holy Spirit so you would have a life that's really abundant. And abundant, most times in this world, we think of things. And what Jesus is really referring to is the abundance of life in you. That just wants to ease out every pore of your body. That kind of life. Are you settling for a faith that doesn't do that? Because it's not faith, it's alive. I want to know if you're okay with where you're at in that. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, uh, a lot of times I look at my life and I say, I'm not doing that much. But that's not what you're asking us to do much. You're asking us to be faithful in a little. Like the ones you gave the talents to. The one who was given a little bit of faith buried it and did nothing. But the one who had a little was faithful with a little. You gave him more. So you're not asking us to do a lot with our faith. You're asking us to do something. Something to show that it's alive. So God, if we're dead inside, in faith, I ask you this morning to quicken us by your Holy Spirit and make us alive. That's my prayer. As a church, as a community, and as individuals, and as families. Amen.